happy Thursday evening slash Friday morning to all the Kings fans out there. This is Jason Jones giving you another edition of Post 82 following the Kings 128-123 win over the Memphis Grizzlies Thursday night at Golden 1 Center. That's right, the Kings ended their losing streak at eight games. I guess we can talk about the playoffs again. Well, let's back up. No, we're not going to do that. But Kings got back to uh, playing defense at least for half the game. I mean, they didn't play any defense really in the first <laughs> or the third quarter. But they played enough in the second and fourth to overcome being down 20 points in the first half to win this this game. And a lot of different things you can look at, a lot of different areas you can point to, things that jump out. But it's exactly like what I like to do. I kind of go over the transaction type stuff. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich left the game in the fourth quarter with a little issue with his right ankle. He said he doesn't think it's going to be that big of a deal. He said that he hoped it's not that big of a deal. But the the, uh, the ankle has been bothering him now. So first it's the knee, then it's the ankle. It's just you know he just has uh, he just kind of has some nagging injuries this season. Which is disappointing for him, I know, because this is the first season he came into the season kind of feeling like, yeah, I'm in shape. I'm not coming off a of surgery. I can go ahead and give it a go. And now to get into the season to be bothered with the injuries is a problem. But let's just, before we get into some players and general talk about the game, want to talk about just at the numbers, uh, 128 points, season high for points for the Kings. 23 fast <coughs> excuse me 23 fast break points matched the season high in that area and got to the line 31 times and made 26 big you know big for them that that includes eight for eight from De'Aaron Fox five or six from Buddy Hill so your starting backcourt got to the line 13 times which is always a good sign I think in terms of the Kings aggression and they're they're forcing the issue when needed Pushing, keeping, and staying aggressive. And nine steals, active hands, as I like to say, you know, guys trying to make things happen. Eight blocked shots. Every starter blocked at least one shot. And three of them, De'Aaron Fox, Rashawn Holmes, and Nemanja Bielitsa blocked two. So, really can't complain about that. Just 12 turtle uh, turtle turnovers. All in all, in a lot of ways, this is one of the Kings' better games, even though they started it out by giving up 42 points in the first quarter, gave up 37 in the third quarter, lost both of those quarters. They're now 42-26 at the end of the first quarter. They got outscored 37-27 in the third. So still things to work on, but hey, and as Jeezy said, a win is a win. Can't, you know, you, you'll take this win and see can you build off of that before you play New Orleans on Saturday. New Orleans has been one of the hottest teams in the league lately, so that won't be an, uh, any type of uh, easy game. It won't be some game where you can look at the schedule and say, oh, the Kings should win this game because it won't be an easy one. No the way that game is going to be easy, but... Having said all that, let's dive back into what we had between the Kings and the Grizzlies. One, you had the point guard matchup of kind of the young bull, De'Aaron, 
not coming up against De'Aaron Fox. Not that De'Aaron's not, you know, an all-star level or, you know, a superstar right now. But John Morant, you know, is kind of that young bull coming up, you know, looking for his, make his mark. He's probably going to be rookie of the year unless Kendrick Nunn can um, persuade the voters with the fact that he's playing and contributing on a team that's winning a lot more games. But John Morant had 23 points, seven assists. Also had seven turnovers, though, which a lot could probably be credited to having to be defended by Fox, who was really engaged from the jump. De'Aaron finished with 27 points, nine assists, four rebounds, five steals, two blocks, just one turnover in 30 minutes of play. So that's definitely, I think, what you want from him. I mean, it was just kind of the... I don't think called the quintessential De'Aaron Fox game, but the type of game that the Kings need from De'Aaron. He, they got offense. Remember, he only shot 10 times in the loss to the Clippers. De'Aaron put up 18 shots. Um, got to the free throw, like I said earlier, eight times, making all eight. You know, we've had a couple of games where De'Aaron's gotten to the line and hasn't made those free throws. So I believe De'Aaron's good enough and talented enough to where he should be a, a free throw shooter in the 80s, 80% range. And. He hasn't been there yet as a pro, but I think not. I, think, I know he has the ability to be a guy who will shoot better than, you know, than seventy percent. Be one of those kind of uh, low end guys in terms of uh, the free throw line, and the way he can eventually, the way he can get to the free throw line with his speed and him forcing the issue, pushing the pace. He's got to be a good free throw shooter just because it. It'll be an area where you see his scoring bump up for his career. I mean, for his career, he's a seventeen. You know, uh, excuse me. You know, he's only he's about seventy-two percent on the season, about seventy-two percent for his career. If that gets up to about 80 percent, you're definitely looking at a guy who's now going to be putting up the numbers that will put him in the mix to eventually become an be an all star. But we're not there yet. That what you had to like for what you saw from De'Aaron was just the aggression on both ends. Second second shot of the game by um, Memphis. He blocks Jaron Jackson's shot off the, you know, goes up and gets him at the rim, comes from behind, gets a good block shot. And that's a good sign for the Kings. Whenever De'Aaron's engaged defensively, it just changes the way the Kings play. And then he can, when he gets going offensively, getting downhill, it makes Buddy get across the court. Everyone has to kind of keep up. You have to got to buy in because if De'Aaron's flying up and down the court, you'll look really silly if you're not trying to run up there with him and get you know get you some good looks. So, you had all that working for the Kings tonight with De'Aaron, and maybe this will be something we can get used to. You know, he's he's working his way back from the injury, you know, from the sprained ankle, then he had the back spasms, and he says that. Uh, he feels like he's really in game shape now, and to me that can't be understated enough just because for the style of play the Kings want to play, they want to be an up-and-down team, and they've said they want to be an up-and-down team. That takes a lot of work, and if De'Aaron's not feeling right physically, it's not going to happen. You can't ask Corey Joseph to play that way. It's not his game. It's not his style. The pace is naturally going to drop just because Corey's not a burner like De'Aaron, so... As he begins to play himself into better shape, I expect to see more of that tempo increase. I expect to see the intensity eventually transfer over to the defense, too, because 
as good as everyone feels, you still give up 123 points to the Memphis Grizzlies. And you can't be, you can't expect to eventually become a playoff team until that defense can become more consistent. So they got two good quarters tonight. Next step would be to get into three and possibly four quarters of good defense consistently with the lineup they have now. And so then uh, other things we can take away from this game. Uh, I just like the fact that they didn't give up. I mean, this game, you know, eight-game losing streak, down by 20. Could have been time to pack it in. But one thing they did know was that the Memphis Grizzlies have blown a lot of big leads this year. And you kind of see why. They let the Kings get hot. Their shots cooled off. Now you're in a ball game. And a team that young is going to make mistakes like that. And Kings were able to capitalize. Can't hate on that. That's what you got to do. And plus, with the way the Kings have been playing, they're not going to feel sorry for anyone. If they can go ahead and get ahead and uh, get a win, they're going to do it. I mean, they needed this badly just because a ninth straight loss, it wouldn't have crippled them. It wouldn't have ended the season. But just the confidence is just keeps leaving. You know, you, you keep losing confidence with every loss. And for all the talk about the, the, the players keep mentioning the playoffs, Who's in eighth? Kings aren't in eighth, but uh, <laughs> they they the, kind of the worry about who's ahead of them and what we got to do to get up there. They just got to play the way they played. At least I say this, the second and fourth quarters on Thursday. They got to play that way all the time. And it's got to, and it's not so much for me even about well how many points they score, how much pace, what was their pace. It's about the uh, the effort level and. The, it's got to be consistent throughout if they're going to even, if they don't want to get laughed after talking about the playoffs so much. Because right now, it's true that, the, you know, the bottom of the West is pretty much all clumped up. You got, you know, your top seven teams above 500, and then boom, a big race, big, you know, cluster, you know what, <laughs> trying to get above 500, near 500 to, to, to be a position to be eighth and earn the right to play the Lakers or the Clippers in the first round. So. If the Kings want to stay in that, they can't defend the way they did in the first quarter. Definitely, giving up 42 points, and they, and they or in the third, giving up 37. They've got to figure out with this current lineup. I mean, the previous incarnation of the Kings, where there was no Fox and Bagley, they figured out a way to play that uh, allowed them to get wins. And this team has to figure the same thing out. They want to play fast. They want to run. They want to get up and down. But that doesn't mean you sacrifice getting stops. And uh, at least half of the game was proof that if you can run and play defense, good things will happen. And so to that tune, I want to give props to the Kings' second unit. To me, when the Kings came out like they did in that first quarter, like I said, giving up 42 points, looking all bad, so to speak. It was the bench that came in and gave them a boost. That'd be Harry Giles, Trevor Ariza, who I thought was really good. He had a team high eight rebounds. I thought he was just real solid out there. You know, just five points, but he's not there to score. He's there to try to help that defense stay together, be a veteran presence, all those type of things. But I thought Trevor was real solid and key for them in this game. 
I know that's going to annoy a lot of you who believe Trevor should never be allowed to play because he's, you know, he's old or you'll say he's Luke's boy. That's the only reason why he's playing. I think if that's your concern, you need to go ahead and send that email to Vlade Divac because <laughs> I don't, I'm not here to be a you know, homer for Trevor Ariza, but I think maybe some people have this unrealistic expectation of what Trevor was going to be at this stage of his career. But I mean, if he, you know, he uh, say he was a really he was really good for the Kings against against the Grizzlies. Say him part of that second unit helped get things going. Corey Joseph played a little bit, played eighteen minutes, but you know had seven points, four assists, and then uh, Bogey before he left the game, sixteen points, seven of fifteen shooting, two assists. So I mean, he was looking. You know, he was starting to kind of find his way, and he's look. He's looked better in terms of his shot, but got to monitor that ankle situation. So there you have it. You know, a uh, good all-around effort I thought from the Kings uh, in terms of trying to play defense. It wouldn't work out all well the whole time, you know. But they got enough of it. The offense got going. Just got to monitor this, this uh, bogey situation with the ankle. You know, if for the Kings' sake, they need him against the Pelicans. Like I said, they're, they've been rolling lately, won four in a row, beating good teams, winning on the road. And they'll be coming off of a uh, the second of a back-to-back. They play the Lakers on a Friday night. So if there's a time to try to get out and run and maybe take advantage of some tired legs, Saturday night against the Pelicans would be the time to do it. Uh, you know where to find me. Uh, Twitter, Mr. Underscore Jason Jones. Mr. Jones, LBC on Instagram. You can even probably get you can get to my uh, work Facebook page from there too. Because uh, in my story, I always link it to that in the Facebook page. I'll tweet that out too in case anyone's interested. So uh, again, this is Jason Jones of the Athletic, your latest edition of Post Eighty Two. You all be good out there. Don't celebrate this Kings win too much. I know the Kings are one and zero in twenty twenty, but they're thirteen and twenty two for the season. So. Let's see where they go from here. Y'all take care now. Be easy.